Just as you get to Ada, and it's just like, and it looked like Whole Foods if you had to pay more. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it used to be a division of like the downtown market. Yeah, like yeah. The fish place in there. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like $120 a pound for like yeah. tuna and shit. Like, mm. mm-hmm. But I walked in there because I was like right by there and I didn't want to go to the other <laughs> store. I'm like, fuck it. How bad could it be? I just get in a bag of Doritos. Nine dollars. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, like buying a beer at a baseball game, mm-hmm. or like. buying buying a frozen pizza at a gas station. <laughs> yeah. See, mm. we're relatable. Absolutely. Oh, what did I do with my notes? Um. All right. <clears throat> Man, I think we botched it. I think we botched the opening. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Now I'm just hacking up lungs on that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Pfaff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, the other one of your hosts. And today, we are talking about 1982's Tenebrae. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be a real humdinger. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. Written and directed by the... Great Dario Argento. Mm-hmm. Figure we should probably cover some Argento on this podcast because we yeah. haven't at all. We were, we were going to earlier on, but I just couldn't get through it. I think we were going to do Suspiria or something. I was going to say, and the, the kind of the reason, well, we could have gotten into this later, but we're into it already. Part of the reason that I picked Tenebrae is it's not one of his highest rated, but it's not one of the like considered real bad ones. Mm-hmm. It's right in that meaty middle. Oh, or, I love the meaty middle. Yeah, it's the it's the upper class of the mid tier Argento films. Yeah, it, it, it that's how I'm going to classify it because yeah, everybody talks about the Argento's really good movies, but let's talk about one that maybe didn't hit so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, people love it. Yeah, people it, do. All right, we'll we'll get into it in a minute. Uh, starring Anthony Francois as Peter Neal. Giuliano Gemma as Detective Germani, Daria Nicolodi as Anne, and John Saxon as Frank Sinatra as Bulmer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So, wow. Argento. Yeah, I was expecting... See, I didn't know about... The, what it was Gialli? Giallos. Giallos. Because I was trying to pronounce it out, but because I don't know Italian, I was trying to pronounce it out in Spanish. And the double L's right after, it's like having six vowels together. It just didn't work out. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure people know, but Argento up there with like Mario Bava and Lucio Fulci mm-hmm. in the giallo uh, categorization. Yeah, and from what I understand, they're all batshit crazy. Yeah, they mix kinda. everything. Everything uh, in there. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you what your experience with giallos or just Argento in general was. The only Argento I and I always and I have to apologize because again being new to horror, I get Fulci, Argento, all of them mixed up in my head. Yep. Because I'm not, you know, I'm again I'm I'm real new to all this. Now I'm going to get more into it, but the, I think I saw whatever the one I saw. There were like 
maggots flying around and weird zombies and shit. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because it was unlike things that I'd seen here in the States. And the way it was shot was too real for me. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, okay, the zombies are eating pig guts. I get it. No, I was just like, those are fucking maggots. Ah! You know, it just, I, I just couldn't do it. So I stayed, shied away from it. And that's why when we tried it earlier, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I think I got 10 minutes and I was just too weirded out. I have seen giallos without realizing they were a genre of movie. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's late at night. I put on something and it's like, just, you know, you read the box cover and you put it in a VCR and you either stay up or fall asleep to it, you know? Uh -huh. And I, so I've seen a giallo before not knowing it was its own thing. Yep. I thought it was a one-off. Uh, the, the genre got its name from, uh, paperbacks in Italy that were like pulp novels. Yeah, they're, they're yellow. And yes, and the yellow tint to the pages, they just started becoming called giallos. And then when they started translating them into film, mm -hmm. they found, uh, I guess, horror directors gravitated toward them mm -hmm. because they have the format mostly of all kind of being like detective-y. Yeah. And slashery. Yes. And super sexy. Yes. And I'm going to be real honest... I don't really like giallos. Mm -mm. Not a big Argento fan. Nope. It, it's just not... I don't want to say it. It's it's all the fun of Psycho, but mm. not, I guess not all the fun. I was going to say all the what? <laughs> but like how Psycho's kind of like a detective-y... Yeah. Has parts of that. But that's like real noirish, like, yeah. Yeah. That, it's like that with the whole movie, but way too many characters, mm -hmm. way too many red herrings. They're very oh bright, and God. the kills in them are great, but mm -hmm. I get very bored with them very easily. I said, Suspiria, man, <laughs> it, it looks great because uh, one of the trademarks of Giallo's is very bright colors. Right. And that's why, you know, everybody kind of laughed when... Uh, Ari Aster made Midsummer, and people are like, oh, he made a horror film that's in the daytime. Like, yeah, mm. man, Shallows have been doing it since, like, the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. They, they just bore the living shit out of me. And I, even good ones, which I would consider this one of the better ones, mm -hmm. with a more cohesive story than a lot of them, mm -hmm. even this one kind of puts me to sleep. It, I'm not saying that it's not good, mm -hmm. but there are long periods, especially in this film, where it's a lot of plot maintenance. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I have a hard time with it. I, I think this movie would have been better served if either they had chosen an all-English-speaking cast uh -huh. or did it in Italian and put subtitles. Uh -huh. because I've noticed in movies where I've seen them dubbed and then I've seen them original with subtitles or where you see the you know actors who don't speak English speaking English in a, for a role and you lose a whole layer of acting because the Italian acting style, the European acting style, especially in a movie that's supposed to be big A art. Yes is hugely different. They emote with their voices, everything, and you're, you're losing that because they have to take themselves out of it to try to project a specific accent in an understandable, clear way. Yes. And I think this movie would have been by far better. 
if they had done that. Because then I think they would set moods better. I think they would have set scenes better. So how would you even describe the plot of this film? It's it's pretty much just a straight-up murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. It, it, there's no real... Okay, let me ask you this before we get into it. Okay. Did the ending get you? Yeah. Did you feel like a real dipshit because the ending got you? Yes and I no. I sure did. Yes and no, because I did clock that there was a lot of fucking sculpture in there. Okay, so the very end scene, I'm like, oh, good, it pays off. Uh-huh. Check off sculptures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen them. We noticed them. The motherfuckers better came back, and they did. No, yeah, the, the, the ending was a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't feel stupid for not having seen it because by that time I'd forgotten because of, you know, all the axe work, I'd forgotten about the 7 billion red herrings that I'd seen before. It was close to the end. I thought they were going to have some big heartfelt talk when he came back from there. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, not at all. So I don't feel stupid for having not seen it because they really did a good job of misdirection for me. Because I was like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? What? Oh, I should have known it was a red herring because all the other ones. And I guess I forgot to ask you the usual question. James, did you like Tenebrae? I am still working on that. <laughs> Me fucking too. Oh, and I wanted as to... Here's, oh, uh, go ahead. As, as you were saying, like, with all of the red herrings, I think the last half hour or so of this movie mm-hmm. fucking rules. Oh, yeah. I think the rest of the time it's kind of a trek and that's what i'm saying that like i'm not sure if i like this Mm -hmm. and it's kind of why i don't like giallos Mm -hmm. because they're it's interspersed with like cool kills but like i kind of don't care because it's no characters that we really know or care about Mm -hmm. so there's no real emotional impact it's just a straight up murder mystery right with graphic kills now when it gets to about half an hour left that's when it starts dwindling in the cast and like well, who the fuck is left? Everybody is dying left mm-hmm. and right. And for that for that little period of time, you are, you're like, well, wait, why are there still murders? What's wait? Yep. You know, and that's and- what I'm saying. The last I'm having trouble with. Do I like this movie? Because does the last half hour or so of it justify the first hour and ten, hour and fifteen? Uh, yeah, but. Uh, how many movies have I watched where I've watched the la- I've bitched the whole fucking time, and the last half hour was metal enough for me to go, oh yeah. Okay, it is metal. <laughs> metal is <laughs> fuck. I will I will concede to the man from Michigan. The ending of this film is fucking metal. <laughs> Hell's yeah. But <laughs> I, before we get any too much further in down the metal road, I just wanted to say that at the what confused me the most is um, I was raised up around a lot of Catholics and Tenebra is like a holiday three days before Easter. And it's a big, so I thought there was, and they'd mentioned Catholics a couple times. I thought it was going to be more like the Spanish films when they fucking, when they mention anything to do with Catholicism, boy, it's pulled right the fuck around and brought back and explained seven different ways. And I thought that this was going to happen because it's supposed to be set in Rome. Another issue I have with this movie, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's supposedly in Rome, right? I've yes. been to Rome. <laughs> Where are the fuck are the people? And just like no part of Rome I ever saw, I think they did it way in the suburbs of Rome. Yeah, probably. 
you know, but still, it, I, I think it was probably easier to get permits to film. But, uh, well, uh, the issue I have is that I, I, as far as I got in the movie, I was like, okay, well, I better look up some stuff. And um, a couple people had asked the question, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird section, what's going on? And he, he claimed that he wanted it to have a sci-fi aspect, that this was the near future. And there were a lot less people. There were a lot less people, so everybody had a little bit more money because you saw nobody who wasn't affluent except the housemaid who was brought in from another country. And that shot of the punk rockers in front of the store. Right. But the thing, the thing is, though, it seems to me that it was more of a budgetary constraint. And he tried to explain it away because he'd heard a couple of people say, hey, yeah, was that the future? Yes, it was, because I am a fucking brilliant artist. You know what I'm saying? It's like I understand there's a whole different feeling about film as capital A art in Europe as opposed to America where it's art with a small a. No right. matter how big the auteur, they don't get the same kind of respect as a painter or another one of those other type of artists that they get in. Well, like I guess they get in Europe, but then you get a different kind of ego out there. It's like everything yeah. I do is amazing and magic because I invented giallos and I did this and I made this decision for artistic reasons. No, he was fucking broke and he wanted to make it for less money. It was cheaper to shut in the suburbs. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I, that was just a own personal issue I had upon reading that. I'm like, oh, fuck you. You know, is, is your, there's art, a lot of artistic choices in here, and I would argue that it is an art piece. It's, there are some absolutely fantastic shots in this film. Mm -hmm. And there are shots where you... It, how do I want to say it? It almost pulls me in. Because you're seeing kind of like the foundations of horror because by 82, you know, Argento had made a few movies. He knows what he's doing with a camera. And to think about, you know, Psycho was in 1960 and we consider that one of the like first like <clears throat> modern, like recognizable, like Slasher. holy shit horror films. Yeah, like a, it's, you know, it's like the proto slasher film. Exactly. And this is 22 years later. So, I mean, the history of horror isn't that old. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see foundations of like things that other directors, you can tell they've watched Argento movies. Oh, fuck yeah. Because they're absolutely gorgeous. And the way that he lights everything is usually very good, unless he needs it to not be. Mm -hmm. And he again, Argento, excellent director. But I find all these movies just very boring. Yes, and I, I, I think because I, I have not watched a lot of these, I kept waiting for everything to pay off. Not everything paid off. No. So it felt insulting to me if a red herring could lead back to something else that was a false flag or whatever that uh -huh. made sense. No, they were just red herrings to be red herrings. Yeah, it, it, they all feel kind of like hollow gestures. Like, yeah. oh, well, we need to throw him off the scent, so let's do this. Right. Like, all the shit with the red shoes. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I mean, what was of? confusing, because I thought the red shoes had to do with the interviewer, the one who was the original killer. Uh-huh. But it wasn't. It was for Knucklehead. And so that was just like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. And I, I think it's almost... Cheap, even like, you know, the advent of writing murder mysteries wasn't new by 1982 or whatever. 
to have that many characters, but mm-hmm. that none of them really matter. It, a lot of them are just knife fodder. Like, had they been integral parts of the story, it would have drawn me in when they were killed. Well, let's say, like, uh, well, the, four of them absolutely had to be there. Yeah. Four of them had to be there. Um, Saxon, obviously. The assistant. Um, the young man and his fiance. They absolutely had to be there. Because that is an integral part of the story. But other than that, there there were like three or four ancillary characters who were like, why? Why yep. the fuck are they there? Uh-huh. And to do... I mean, we're going to spoil it, obviously. To go, oh, well, we already killed the killer. No, it was somebody different. Shifting the entire paradigm of the film, it, it kind of feels like, oh, we don't know how to end this. Mm-hmm. So we can just do this, what we think is clever thing. And that... Well... You, I, I don't like it. It kind of feels like cheating to me that they couldn't figure out how to make the writer the original killer, so they had to divert somewhere else. I don't know. It just... It was an aspect of duality, okay? There had to be two killers because both killers had two aspects. They had the triggering event, which for the one was the book. They were just a, you know, a, a tight-laced Catholic kid. Mm-hmm read the books, and found his muse to kill, okay? So there was that transition. It went from this to that because of this, you know, transitory event. And with the author, it was writing, writing, writing as a cathartic event to get to this point. And then when somebody started killing because of that, that released his duality, his killers. So there had to be two killers with a defining event. The... His uh, fiance also had another lover on the side. Like, it, it's a lot. They're cramming too much in here, and it's too many hats. Yes, and that's what I'm saying is it feels kind of cheap. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, as far as the shots in 1982, that's great. But the writing, murder mysteries have been around for hundred years. But or this so. goes this goes back to what I was saying before. Um, it had to be translated from the original written language into English, taught to the actors. So any nuance that we could have had from the original Italian, even if we're reading every word, I think that this had, had this been done not to sell to a mass market, but for just a European market and kept in the original Italian, I think that there's a thousand things that should have been in there just from how people talk that we just didn't get. Right. And, and it was so homogenized that any cultural reference we could pull from that doesn't exist because they were trying to make it the same for everybody. Right. And I don't know if the, if it was a translation problem, but there is just some dog shit dialogue in this movie. Oh, clunky. When the assistant comes into the inspector and he says, oh, you have this uh, lady in custody and you questioned her? Well, good, because I have to go. There's been another murder. Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves. Like that was one of the times when I was just like, "Man, kind of fuck this movie." Yeah, in the neck. Yeah, like it. The last half hour or so is pretty good, but there's a lot of parts where, yeah, I just stare at it, and I'm just waiting for the movie to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for anything interesting to happen mm-hmm. because we're not getting like deep character work. No. We're barely getting plot, it seems, in some points. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it it's broken up well enough, I guess. I would say that 
had they probably, I hate to say this, but sprinkled in like one or two more kills. Yeah. With a a thread of plot line for reasoning. Yes. Then it would have broken it up a little better because you are right. The the passages where nothing happens, it's worse than me watching the girl sitting on the stoops walking back and forth because this movie has so many crazy elements that this dead time, it's not even a good good timing dead time. You know how like some use the dead time to get like you catch your breath and hit you again? Yes. No, this just dragged it the fuck out. It was, okay, I'm relieved now. Give me something. Uh-huh. There was nothing. No. And, and it was had, pacey even for the time. Yes. And the fact that we don't really know a lot about any of the characters, therefore don't really care that much. It sucks me out of the murder mystery. Now, when they introduce Roscoe the Wonder Dog, I get real fucking excited again. Mm-hmm. Because that is a fantastic sequence in this film. Mm-hmm. I Again, I'm so conflicted as to, do I like this movie? Because, again, lots of boring shit. And then there's just a fucking dog that chases this lady all around and bites the living shit out of her. And it's fucking intense. Yes. It's and- Horrifying. It's as if the dog was trained to get somebody to go in the house. Uh huh. And I'm like, well, first of all, that is convoluted as fuck. Yeah, I, I think it was supposed to be played as just an accident, but I don't know because no, because always... you remember the shot of the the guy going downstairs and undoing the light bulb and oh, shit. Fair. So but... there was some presage like something's gonna go down. Down there. I also, I don't know the story of the Hounds of Baskerville, the old uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sherlock Holmes, because apparently a lot of this movie's based on that. Mm. So I'm not, they even like just directly reference it. Like About four fucking times. Yeah, Peter Neal just says it out loud. <laughs> and but, so uh, does the inspector and so does What's-Her-Butt. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think they pounded that nail a little hard. Again, I don't know that story. It might be about a ghost dog who chases somebody into the bad guy's lair. So we might just sound like assholes. But the way that it's shot is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. That dog was the best part of this movie. And and you know, I had to watch that scene twice because the first time I could have sworn that dog was biting the fuck out of her. Uh huh. So I rewound it. And I watched it. The dog was snapping his jaws never completely closed. And he was snapping on either side. And he was pawing, but he was pawing on what looked like padded parts. Like this dog was trained with an inch of its fucking life. Yeah. But it was trained so well that it I, it was one of those things where your brain fills in the details. Uh-huh. But the dog was trained so well that it fucked with me. I had to watch because I knew that. If this was filmed in Italy in the 80s, somebody could very well have been fucked up by a dog. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure, because I wanted to be able to watch the rest of this movie comfortably. Yeah, it would be zero surprise if yeah. they just like maimed some town's lady that they just gave like 200 bucks. Like, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to be in a movie? Yeah. Yeah, it would be... I mean, we don't know. It may well have happened, yeah. but... No, like, when that dog jumped that fence, I think it might have been the only time in this movie when I went, oh, holy shit. Yeah. That was, oh, no, the arm. But we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, the arm. <clears throat> oh. But since we never did, like, a plot thing. Yeah. So that anybody might know what we're talking about. 
Reuter goes to Rome where he's very popular. Uh, murders in the fanciful ways in his books start happening. Yep. Turns out that murderer is killed, and then the author takes advantage of that fact to start murdering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarity and, ensues. Yeah, with about 900 different characters. Mm-hmm. Did you get confused by who everybody was? Dude, on movies where it's clear, I get confused as to how everybody was. That's why do you think I give them fucking ridiculous nicknames? Because I can't remember their names or why they did what. Uh-huh. So I've got to make shit up to remember them. Uh-huh. So it's either, you know, the, the chick with the face or her, you know, yeah. knucklehead with the pants. That's the only way I can do movies. Oh, the lady on the beach <coughs> who wasn't really, like, part of the movie. She was just one strange fact but she popped up a few times and we never knew who she was so no that do was i have to pay attention to who this is now? the lady on the beach Wait, was the original, original stabbing victim. yeah yeah i know but she wasn't like a character in the movie Mm-mm. but trying to keep everybody together and well who's getting murdered now and why and mm-hmm. again with the bad translations hmm this, but this, the murderer that could... gets her fucking head rammed through the glass holy oh, fucking shit cheese and rice <laughs> I jumped a tiny bit there. Ooh. Yeah, man. These are, again, just jowls in general. They have a tendency, yeah, toward these weird wild kills. And maybe sometime in the future we'll get into some of the more insane ones. Because I think this is one of the more grounded and, mm-hmm. uh, like, plot-driven jowls. Yeah, but I, I, I'll tell you what, though. We've got to, I've got to mention this arm scene while I'm thinking. Yes, about it. I was going to say, but the kills in this... And yeah. along with most shallows are... Mwah. Oh, my fucking God. Because they cut that arm and it started spouting like a peckinpah movie. Just so it's whap. So it's the lady that they think that they've seen on the street, right? Right, Joan? Something like that. It, it doesn't matter. Because she's not even, again, really a character. Right, she's a red herring. Yes. And she gives the assistant Anne a call and says, I'm going to kill myself. I've done something. Right. And basically just says she's the murderer, but it turns out she wasn't. Now nah, she's just crazy. So she's just sitting at her table waiting for somebody to get there. Mm-hmm. And a goddamn axe comes through the window. <laughs> so she's got her arms like in firing position, aimed at the door. Yes, with a gun. She's got a gun. So she's sitting by a giant open window, or not open window, just giant double window. So whoever's walking in the door, obviously is going to see it. But, I, you know, that's all I'm thinking of. Well, actually, all I'm thinking about is how the fuck does this, this bougie, upper-middle-class Italian broad get a gun? Yeah. Because in Italy, it, unless you have a reason to have a gun, uh-huh. like you are the police or you are, you know, Drangheta or you're mafia or something. Yeah. Or you have enough money to buy one. You need to commit crimes to have enough money to have one. It's yeah. not easy to get. Italy, even in the 80s, wasn't just a, a, a huge Second Amendment, everybody owns guns kind of country. Especially <laughs> in the regions of Rome where this was shot. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. My brain is trying to wrap around the fact, how the fuck did she get a gun? When all of a sudden you hear a crash, and then you look up, and then all of a sudden another crash, and then this axe just comes through the window, whack, cuts this chick's arm right the fuck off where the the gun is. Elbow. Yeah, just wham. Not a great effect. 
But oh, I know, but it was just it to me. It looks fucking rad. Like I was saying, it was like the peck and paw blood spur, just boom, going over everything, just splashing arterial blood flow. Wham. So oh, I was reading that apparently this is Quentin Tarantino's favorite on screen kill of all time. Really? Because she paints the fucking, fucking walls. <laughs> Dude, and that's what I'm saying is when we talk about this, like, man, is that. Is that enough of a redeeming quality to make the rest of this movie kind of worth it? Because after all of that, when uh, Peter supposedly cuts his own throat. Right. Because he axes. Who is that other lady that he axes? Wasn't that the, um, God damn it, was either the assistant? Was that his, I thought that was his fiance because they mentioned oh. it was, his fiance no, it had was. a female lover. Had we ever been introduced to her at all? No. Okay. Maybe. Because I couldn't I had no idea who this woman was. Again, we I think it's lost in translation because there was no nuance between the two. If the, if she was there before there was no chemistry, there was no nothing. We had no nothing to hang it on except the crappy dialogue. And he seemed devastated that he had killed her. Mm-hmm. And I was so goddamn confused. But apparently he stands up and cuts his own... Uh, the inspector comes in mm-hmm. with Anne, his assistant. Mm-hmm. And he cuts his own throat. Right. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, well, I was like... I, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> and it what was, a way to end a movie. Was, yeah, and again, and we're, we've got maybe six minutes left. They go out to the car. They talk for a minute. we got, what, three and a half minutes left. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to talk a little more. Denouement, close the movie, boom, boom, boom. Yep. Oh, no. Instead, it makes me very angry at the very end. Great. <laughs> because apparently, Peter just had a custom-built straight razor that was like just a movie prop. Why the mm. fuck would this writer have this? Mm-hmm. Again, and uh, let's talk about another thing that was in this movie for no fucking apparent reason. The mixed up bag at the airport with all the bloody shit in it. Yeah. It was never explained. It was never really addressed again. No, it it served no purpose other than like, oh, someone's after him. Yeah. But we don't know if somebody was after him because that could have just been a random killer. So I'm thinking the random killer is coming in doing it. Or yeah, did was the, it the TV host yeah. who knew he was coming in and somehow stole his bag and just ripped his clothes to shreds? I don't know. Again, it's just what 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 in the actual fuck? Yeah. Again, they're so. This movie seems so dedicated to having as much going on as possible to drag you away from the actual story that I don't think is very strong. Mm-hmm. There is so much going on that. We just went through at least, what, two minutes of us trying to figure out who the fuck anybody was right. at any given time. And so, and, who, what, and again, and not why, only who, and who they are, but their relationships to each other uh-huh. and any chemistry among any of the actors. Because mm-hmm. some, like John Saxon was acting in a completely fucking different movie. Oh, we're going to get to John Saxon because he rules. He, but he was acting in a completely different movie. Yes. So, and again, I think I back to the point that I was trying to get to with this mm. being kind of lazy writing. So the real killer is a television host. 
Right. He uh, he has Peter Neal, the author of Tenebrae, on, mm-hmm. and before the before they go on the show, they're having a short chat, and the TV show host gets kind of in depth about you know how you should handle or like the dregs of society, right? Or, and who the actual hero was, and yeah, and how like scum impacts society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Just very strange questions. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that he's the killer, right? But and I, this is again an interesting aspect of the movie. He's the killer, but I, for a while I wasn't sure. And then when they showed him arguing with somebody there, I couldn't tell he was talking. I thought the voice, I killed him, I killed him all, was coming from somebody else, not him. Yeah. And so, again, I was confused until the axe went down on that motherfucker's head. Yes, but the young boy assistant mm. apparently watched this murder. Right. He didn't recognize the man that he had gone to the house with? Well, it, it, it seemed as if we were seeing it through his eyes, right? Yeah. It didn't seem like the interviewer was talking when that high-pitched voice was coming. It was kind of a Norman Bates situation to me. Yeah. Where you heard the voice. I didn't see the guy's lips move, really. Right. And But... Upon re-remembering when he went back and almost racked himself twice on that fence with those goddamn pants. I don't he know sure to, did. I don't know how the fuck he's not singing soprano after going on top of that goddamn <laughs> thing. So I'm watching, I'm just, I, I hurt looking at that. I was just like, oh, no, no, no. No, I want to get to the bottom of this because it, it feels but like, when now he, that we're going through it, yeah. it very much feels like the movie just lied to us. Right, because when he revisits it, he wanted to go in to jog his memory, right? Mm-hmm. He gets there, he stands there, and all of a sudden we see the guy's lips move and hear the voice coming out of him in a voice we've never heard him use before. Right, we heard it on the phone, though. Right, but we never heard him use it. And even like if we would have clocked a tiny bit, like he got upset at an assistant, Where, where's, where's my, my coffee? Where's my coffee? You know, yeah. just one little oomph, just a tiny something. But what I'm saying is that if Peter was the one who killed the host, the mm-hmm. TV show host, and the boy assistant was literally standing outside and watched it, how did he not recognize the author yeah. that he had went to the house with? Right. And then when he comes back, Peter Neal's got that big gash in his head, mm-hmm. and he got knocked the fuck out. Right. How the fuck? Who knocked him so out? So this movie just fucking lied to us. Right. Straight How up. the fuck? Okay. And that is what I'm saying with the writing of this movie. Now that you, I didn't even lazy. think about that. I didn't think <laughs> about that because Neil was again the guy who killed. So he had to go in there, whack this guy in the dome, right? Pop. Uh huh. Run out. Throw so, a giant boulder through the glass window that the boy assistant was right, looking through. Right. And 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 then somehow get out there biff himself on the back of his head with a giant rock and make sure it falls away from him uh-huh <coughs> hard enough for him to pass out uh-huh to be woken up by the assistant <coughs> it's straight up lies to us and that's why like murder mysteries aren't easy things to write but if you can't do it don't yeah you, uh, <laughs> we've had this talk about it has to be fair yes it, it, it almost feels like a high-tension situation. Right. A character cannot know something that we 
don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, if the character doesn't know, that's fine. Right. If we know and a character doesn't, also fine. Right. But you can't have a character that holds on to this information and goes, ta-da, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like, it kind of violates the the agreement right. that we have with entertainment. Right. Well, and, and again, we talk about the amount of red herrings in this movie. It's like every 10 minutes, there's an, oh, that's the killer. That could be the killer. That could be the Traditionally, if a movie that's done well can use maybe one or two red herrings that have a reason to be there and a, a real, real good reason, like it really could be, mm-hmm. and have it pay off by, oh, it can't be because of this one fact or, you know, that kind of thing. But they didn't, they did not readdress any of the red herrings. And every red herring is almost immediately uh, solved by murder. Right. Because oh it could be this person oh no shit they're dead it won't, it got down to like oh it could have been John Saxon oh wait no now nope. you killed John Saxon like mm-hmm. everybody's dying and that again that's part of the movie that I like is when it starts narrowing down the cast and it starts fucking moving but what uh, we talk about the little things that bother us okay John Saxon was killed and broad daylight broad daylight. In the middle of a plaza. Now, the Italian police are not known for their promptness to a crime scene. Uh huh. You know, Lyra is what it is. Things are what they are. But especially in that, that period of time, you know, there's not going to be a fast response. However, the lack of response from anybody for somebody just getting shanked in a plaza. There is a woman. There's a man and a woman having an argument in this mm-hmm. scene. And the man gets up yelling and walks away. The woman's crying. She looks directly at John Saxon and starts walking toward him. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, he is stabbed in public and falls down, covered in blood. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't realize it until she walks up to him. And nobody yells, hey, that guy just fucking stabbed somebody. Mm -hmm. You think a scream. Uh Uh-huh. Like an actual response, like... Oh my fucking oh, she god! She does scream at the end, and a crowd gathers around. But but it took so long. Uh huh. I'm like, no, yeah, dude. Old boy's bleeding. Uh-huh. Somebody call an ambulance. Hey, somebody get that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Yeah. Anything. Some fucking thing. Okay. John Saxon. Oh, John. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. He's the best. Fuck to he the yes. He is the best part of this movie outside of Roscoe the Wonder Dog. Indeed. I, I don't know if that's that dog's name. It I is just, now. I just like it. That is now our reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the world that we live in. <laughs> Roscoe the Wonder Dog. But John Saxon is an absolute delight in this entire film, and I will not hear otherwise. No, but it looked like he was, almost looked like he was in like a, a comedy heist, like Ocean's Eleven. Uh-huh. You know, he, like I said, he was in a completely different movie than everybody else. He looks like goddamn Frank Sinatra throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I think they hired him, and he just told Argento what he was going to do. Hey, look, I, it's a nod to Italy. Look, I look like Sinatra. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk with my hands. I'm going to move farther, and bi- I'm going to be big. Yep. And I'm going to be the smooth-talking son of a bitch that I possibly can. Ab- he looks like a fucking... If, if Frank Sinatra was a used car salesman. salesman. Absolutely. I was thinking the exact same thing. It's the best. 
in his fucking sport coat and hat. Because they introduced the hat at the beginning. And, like, somebody almost wheels a cart away at one point in the movie. And he stops them and goes, hey, that's my hat. Just drawing attention to it further. It's wonderful. Do you see my car? That's rich Corinthian leather. Yeah. Like, man. Oh. They, they should have just stopped the movie and just had the insert, like, a neon sign just flashing at John Saxon's hat in mm. every scene. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I will tell you, because, again, that was a part where the movie was dragging. And it, I would, oh, I got to go back. Remember, it was his daughter, the, the, the reporter near the beginning? Not a clue. I Who? thought it was, like... Somebody he knew or his daughter or something because they had some sort of relationship. Uh-huh. But asking the question, well, your work de- seems to denigrate women in this and that and the other thing. Yeah. It, it was this, that was an actual direct response to, um, like, the critique of Argento's work. So he answered it as like, look, this is some scary shit I made up. Do I hate women? No. You know, I could see that being the response to Suspiria. <laughs> yeah, but again, but that whole that whole scene was just like inserted. It took away from if you want to call it art that, and that was just him going "fuck all of you." Yeah, that was him just settling a personal grudge. Mm-hmm. Like man, and there seems to be a lot of points in this movie where yeah, they go on tangents for no good reason, and it seems like it's to fill time mm-hmm. because the story's not strong. No, and, and and again, as much as I I get a little iffy when it, it has too much religious overtones for whatever reason, this movie could have done with some of that to pull yeah. it in. It's called Tenebra. So pull in, you know, <laughs> oh, the killer's resurrected or do some weird shit like that to tie it in with Catholicism because it was an important part in two other aspects. Pull right. it back in the third act. There's just the one scene where the TV show host says, are you Catholic? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also a Catholic, but I'm considered a degenerate, beca- or a, I forget the word that he uses, right. but a degenerate Catholic because I believe in abortion. Aberrant, and, I think he used it. Yeah, yeah an aberrant, yes. Yeah. Because I believe in abortion, I believe in divorce. But then he's also out killing prostitutes because he thinks they're aberrant. I don't... Again... The motivations of the killer aren't even fully explained, except for he's following this work. Well, he killed the prostitutes because the lead character in the book said that they were aberrant, or whatever the word was. Yeah. So, yeah. Then should they have maybe given us some more fucking background about what Tenebrae, the novel itself, was actually like kind of about? Yeah. (laughs) Or, or or like the first kill with the uh, shoving the pages down their throat uh-huh. and shit, fucking pointless. Well, they said it, that that's one of the things that happens in the book. So okay, mm, yeah. Like they just it seems like they went in afterwards and went, oh, well, we should tie this to the book. Book, uh, yeah. How uh, he shoved some pages in her mouth. That yeah. hap- that happened in the book. Mm-hmm. We never get him, you know, like. But a, think about how meta that is. But we never get. Uh, Peter at like a press conference in the beginning, like mm-hmm. at a book release, you know, detailing what this book is about. We're just kind of thrown into, all right, well, now he's in Rome. Because that makes sense. Because if you think about how it's written, that's either lazy writing or super meta about a book 
where an author writes a book and has the pages stuffed down someone else's throat that happens in real life. It was a huge extrapolation. Yes. Or lazy writing. Yeah. And uh, if you're... Yeah, all right, but just if say, you wait, if you're wait. Gonna... If I know art students would go, well, of course it was meant to be because Argento does nothing without thinking about 1,600 ways from Sunday. I was like, no, that's some lazy writing that happened to kind of make sense if you think about it real high or something. Yeah. Like I said... It... I just I, I don't know where to go with this film because it does have Argento's very keen sense of style. Mm-hmm. Everything is bright. It's kind of a delight to look at. Mm-hmm. It's like horror marvel. Well, and plus <laughs> the architecture because n- nobody ever gets to see the suburbs of Rome. Yeah, you know you only see the big, yeah, you, you know see the big the sites. Coliseum. Yeah, you see all that shit. Yeah, or the the giant plaza or you know. Yeah, what's the archway? And I always forget the I, name. I forgot. Right, okay. Because, you know, I God, it's been 30-odd years since I've been there. Right, I, it's just like a historical place. On oh, it. yeah, yeah. So, and, But we're dumb shits and don't know the name of it. Probably so, was there, but I might have been a little drunk. I say, if any of our listeners know, tell call in. Yeah, tell they, us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll be waiting online. Yep. Uh, so, I, I mean, no, okay, you, no, you can well, call me if you like. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to answer the fucking phone. Yeah, but, I don't know you. <laughs> but, uh. Oh, shit, where were we before all that? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, this one, this time, I was trying to, a lot of times when we do this, and the last half hour is good, I can be talked into it, or I can talk myself into it. But even with the delightful John Saxon, I'm going to say this is a one and done. I'm never going to pick this up again. Probably not going to think about it except some cool kills. I mean, I was really thinking about it today because I I feel like I almost haven't watched it enough because I'm trying to make sense of all this because admittedly again I get confused as to who everybody is and who mm-hmm. they're killing and why and I'm wondering if there are clear signs of who everybody is and we just get confused and especially like seeing some bad dubbing kind of pulls me out of mm-hmm. it too where I. It's not that I lose interest, but I kind of zone out trying to figure out, again, since it's not very clear who everybody is, plus a weird technical issue, mm-hmm. it's attacking my brain on two fronts. and I'm... Yeah. So I'm wondering if this movie is better than we give it credit for, or if this really is one of the real middle-of-the-road Argentos. Okay, well, again, we can talk about when, when people discuss art, like big A art. Mm-hmm. This is where all that, the spiraling theories about how this moves with that. But quite frankly, I I watched a lot of this a couple times because, you know, I had to rewind it or I missed a part and I had to go back and back. And I wanted this movie to be better. So when I want a movie to be better, I start making, making connections. Whether they exist or not, I really work hard to find a connection. Like, you know, did this red herring meet up with anything? Did there, were there any reasons for any of this to happen? And nothing paid off even upon like two or three viewings. So because there's no red herrings that come back or really, I don't think anyway, that really get resolved. They all just end in murder. mm -hmm. So it it loses a lot for me. I, that that makes it unrewatchable for me. I'm like, well, if I thought there would be payoff for me to rewatch this whole thing and that maybe I missed the shadow in the corner, 
Yeah, like you know how some movies, if you really pay attention on the second time, you can see it. But there was so much going on that you didn't focus on it. Yeah, it's like the rewatchability of like The Sixth Sense. Right. Which, I don't give a shit, say what you want, Sixth Sense is a good movie. Oh, hell yeah. That is a good movie. And you can give Shyamalan shit for all of his other films, but Sixth Sense, in my book, good movie. Mm -hmm. Very well made. Anyway. Yes. But yeah, the rewatchability on this, for me, is very low, because... I I could put it on while I'm folding laundry, but I'm not going to pay attention to it that way. No, it, I'm only going to pay attention when the arm comes off or the fucking sculpture just uh-huh. biffs him against the wall and shit. Yeah. You know? Or when that lady hops off the motorcycle and all of a sudden Roscoe the Wonder Dog. Oh, hells yeah. I'll stop folding underpants to watch this dog fuck a lady up. Mm-hmm. But as far as all the little tiny plot maintenance shit or them just sitting having a drink wherever, like mm-hmm. I don't... I, I I do I find it boring and it and, didn't pay off because we didn't develop any affection for any of these characters for any reason no one none whatsoever I didn't feel bad for you know finding out that that young kid was banging his fiance I didn't care about any of that mm-hmm. because none of them were likable. There was just no real human feeling or emotion amongst any of these characters. No. And it could have been a language thing, I'm telling you. Maybe, but I mean, nah. I, do, I don't think so. Nah. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to either from here, if we do another Argento at mm-hmm. any point, do we want to go like, what's considered his best, which is, is it the bird with the crystal plumage? Or do we go low, real low Argento and see the madness? I guess not even Argento, just in the giallo, because there's no way that we can never cover another giallo. No, but you know, if we do, if we do something else, we'll try Fulci. Yeah. yeah. Or not. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a rough watch, but, I'm getting better at this shit because prior, honestly, prior to last year, I could not have done this movie at fucking all. Like for now, I'm like, oh, dude, the arm came off before I'd be like, fuck, the arm came off. I wouldn't sleep for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'm becoming more inured to it because, you know, I can separate it now so I can handle stuff I haven't been able to handle before. So we'll we'll see. I'm not going to say, hey, next week let's do Fulci. No, <laughs> no, no. We uh we got a plan for next week. I'll talk to you after this about it. Sweet. <laughs> we we got a real banger coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, would you recommend Tenebrae? Mm-mm. Yeah, I I wouldn't either. Cause I got like if you're if I you're got real- art film buddies who would traditionally, <coughs> you know, jump at some shit like this. I wouldn't even throw it at him because it's not even fun to really pick apart. Right. I mean, if you're <coughs> into Argento and you like some of his better stuff that you've seen, sure, give it a watch. Yeah, I if guess. you're a completist. It's got some, it's got some good kills in it. Yeah. It's not completely boring, but I, I had higher expectations. Yeah. And, like, I'd seen this movie before, but I, you know, I wasn't, like, watching it very closely. This was years ago. And like, right. oh, yeah, it was pretty good. It was fine. Yeah, if you're going to sit down and like really watch it for anything but the kills, I, I don't think there's a lot here, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it for, mm-hmm. uh, like, hey, if what should I sit down and watch? Right. I see, because a gorehound 
There's not enough in there for them. Yep. It doesn't happen early or often enough. And for art people, it's just not well written. Nope. Is it pretty? Yeah. Is it, it, it looks litany? great. Is the architecture fucking great? Yeah. Uh, are the, everything about it, sh- all of some parts should have been better. Yeah. But somehow it just didn't kick. Did not kick at all. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, it feels kind of hollow. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like you took away all the like skeleton but left the meat. Yeah, it's I guess. Blobbing around. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. It feels like this movie's just blobbing around. <laughs> hey, hey, he's Argento, and he's just <laughs> blobbing around. around. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I, I understand. You should hate yourself for that, by the oh, way. Oh, man. More than you could know. Usually I say shit like that, which makes us hilarious. Uh-huh. But, oh. Yep. Oh, way to bring everything to a screeching halt with uh-huh. some random shit there, buddy. Just like when I turned on James the old, did up right there. Turn on the old mixer dixer. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, man, fuck you for laughing at that. It was funny twice. No, it no it wasn't. It was never funny, not once. And for some reason it slays you. It's gonna be funny next week when you go. I'll be trying to do something random and I'm and I'll be trying send to talk. You a text on Thursday. <laughs> I'll be at work picking up the phone, fucking dropping the sandwich I'm trying to grill. <laughs> Yep, someone's going to lose their Reuben mm-hmm. over the phrase mixer dixer, and it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it, James. <laughs> it's never going to not be funny to me. It Anyway, do we have anything to plug? Just this right now. We, uh, yeah, you can go check out. We have Facebook groups, Instagram page. Send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. James, I did something interesting today. Oh, Christ. What'd you do? I checked my OnlyFans. Oh, Jesus. There is $12 that I can redeem. Great oogly moogly. <laughs> you made $12 on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get that money. <laughs> Just the idea that I you... don't know how to go in there. I'm sure it'll cost me like $3 with all the fees of trying to take out money. I know, but that sweet, sweet OnlyFans money. You'd be waving around like, I'm a sex worker. Yeah. Nice I'm going to go get you. 12 actual dollars and just put it in a frame and be like, that's my theoretical OnlyFans money. Mm-hmm. Look at that. <laughs> Those are the 12 most useless dollars I own. Uh, but the easiest I've ever made. Yeah. Hey, I drew a Dracula face on it for one of the things on there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so if you want to see my dick look like a poorly drawn Sharpie Dracula, <laughs> check out my OnlyFans. You can go check out old episodes. I'll tell you, You'll find out where to find it there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Roll the dice. It's somewhere on there. Oh, yeah. Or you could just call and ask him. I'm sure he'd be no. happy to show no, you. No, go listen to our episodes. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to hear about where to hear my dong or where to see my dong, listen to more of us. Yeah. Start um, start with Stakeland. I think was the uh, first mention. Oh, pr- probably. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Oh, great episode. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, Jim Mickles doing season two of uh, Sweet Tooth. Oh, I think it was nice. the last TV show I actually watched. Yeah, how'd you feel the, about it? It was about the Deer Boy. Right, it was fine. Huh. I liked it visually. It was pretty good. Cool. Like it, the story was fine, but uh, 
I think we've really gone far afield. Oh, I, I remember something that I was supposed to do deer, while we're suck. here. Um, uh, give us a rate and review at places where you Absolutely. can do that. Um, it's a free thing that you can do <coughs> to help. <coughs> I'm dying. That's okay. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply. I don't want to. I know, but if you do rate and review us, it, it can also get us more eyes on us. Yes, uh, so then James and I can be millionaires and quit our jobs. Absolutely, and just sit <laughs> on a couch and talk shit on microphones. Because, you know, that's the logical next step to putting out bad podcasts. Absolutely. But, but yeah, uh, give us good written reviews or bad written reviews, written reviews of any kind. doesn't matter. Or throw a couple two-tree stars up there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or five. Oh, five would be beautiful. <laughs> five would be best. Yeah. A couple five six. Yeah. Anyway, we all right. I think we did our due diligence. Indeed, we did. Man, everything fell apart. That's okay. It's like John Saxon in public, just crumpling <laughs> like a sack of well-dressed potatoes. Hat just a flying. Nope, that hat did not fly. Oh no, anywhere. it fucking stayed on. Oh, <laughs> that goddamn hat didn't move an inch. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Much like the Carl Urban Priest hat. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. No, we got another at least 15. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. All right. Um, Good night. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for Carl Urban. Oh, yeah.